Ancient Roman statesman Cicero accurately said, what starts as gratitude quickly becomes dependency and ends in entitlement. As a society, we seemingly have evolved to the point where we can customize our circumstances according to how we wish it to be, fashioning our world to favoring our whims. Yet when we live in a way that we believe we deserve, we actually knock God out of the center of our lives. Gratitude is a currency that secures more blessings and places you in the favor of the Father. In this episode of Kika 100, we go into Thanksgiving week talking about gratitude, entitlement, and having a wisdom window with special guest Yolanda Stith. Welcome to Keep It 100 Podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Join us in this space where we take on real issues with real insight, your real inspiration. This podcast is for those not looking for temporary relief to change circumstance, but revelation to forever change lives. What's good, family? We are Sean and Krista Smith. Hey, everybody. And welcome to another exciting episode of Keeper 100. You are in for the Taster's Choice pod experience today. We are so looking forward to this conversation. But before we dive into that, I want to talk to the Keep It 100 tribe and kind of share with them where we've been the last week. We've had such an incredible week with the Lord. Yes, we have. We began at Fresh Start, an incredible church just outside the Phoenix, Arizona area. Yes. Some great friends of ours, the Owens. Yes. Truly. And we just saw God do some incredible things. Krista, you really got touched. Oh my goodness. You, I mean, keep it 100 tribe. You got to know I had a genuine encounter with God that I have never, I've never had in my whole life. I literally wow. had uh, electricity from the Lord, like voltage going through my body. I ended up not even preaching that night. I just ministered. I prophesied. I flowed. I laid hands on people. I mean, there was just the flow of the Holy Spirit was incredible. And the words you brought was so profound. You, People were so impacted. There were salvations, there were healings, there were deliverances. It, mm. it was a true Holy Ghost service. And it was really cool because a, a father walked up to me with his young yeah, son, right. Osman. And the interesting thing is a previous time when I was at the church, I prayed for Osman, who who ranked on the autistic spectrum. And after praying for him, his dad took him back and they ran a battery test on Osman and he no longer is on the autistic spectrum. He's in regular class. He's smart. He's intelligent. We got a chance to hug him and talk to him. And I so love the fact that Jesus healed little Osman. It is so amazing. I mean, I really want the Keep It 100 tribe to grab a hold of that testimony because I know there's so many people that, you know, that is their story. They have an autistic child or they know someone that has an autistic child. And here is a medically verified healing of a child that was once on the spectrum is no longer medically on the spectrum. Oh my goodness. And right from there, we went to Dallas because we were a part of uh, Mama Cindy Jacobs called together a global prophetic council where probably 40 or less different leaders and generals, we got together and we just prayed about this upcoming year and shared what we felt God was placing in our hearts. Powerful. And then we stuck around and we were a part of the global prophetic summit. They had probably a thousand people in attendance and multiplied, multiplied thousands of people that watched it around the world. And Krista and I got a chance to have a session amongst this powerful conference of generals. It was such an honor to be speaking in that lineup. There's so many of these people I've just always looked up to and admired and to just be able to minister alongside them. I'm just like, wow, God, like, you know, it's funny as we're flying back on the plane, I just was just so grateful for our opportunity that in that week of ministry, because it was, it was about eight days there that God allowed us to just be with friends uh, new friends, but old friends, yeah. and just see God move like that. And that Thanksgiving just 
just welled up in my heart. Speaking of Thanksgiving. <laughs> Here we come. That's right. You know, it's always humorous to see how people gather together at their homes with their families, their friends, and they stop and they give thanks before they carve the turkey. But it's always interesting to see how quickly that Thanksgiving fades from <laughs> Thursday to Black Friday. And right. all of a sudden, we morph from dinner table gratitude to fighting Fred at Walmart for a flat Fred. screen over a doorbuster special because we feel that we're entitled to that deal. Isn't that funny? Oh, it is. And it's really funny you called him Fred at Walmart. That's hilarious. But it is. Isn't that funny how we shift from this day of like family and gathering and, and so much gratitude? And it's like warm, fuzzy feel good to people like all out war and videos that go viral on black friday fights i mean it's great it's like the battle of black friday yes you know it's so interesting because you know we're talking about gratitude today but the antithesis the opposite of gratitude is entitlement and you know the the truth is with the bigger our sense of entitlement is the smaller the sense of our gratitude is and our gratitude disappears and entitlement reappears when we believe and work from a place that we think we deserve something so true and you know the word entitlement has so become a part of our modern culture these days where we believe you know what we need and want is actually owed to us. And when we don't get what we feel like we should have been given, we believe we've been treated unfairly and therefore insert entitlement. We have seen that over and over again in modern culture. In fact, that leads me to this fact I found that it wasn't that long ago, several years back, that two siblings, 23 and 20 years of age, sued their mother. What? Claiming that she was negligent and caused them emotional distress. Oh my. Now get this, Krista. They sued their maternal figure for bad mothering because she didn't send her son a care package at college. What? She didn't buy her daughter an expensive homecoming dress. What? The siblings said in court there must be an accountability for her actions. Um, There must be an accountability for their actions. What are you talking about? And get this. These two young 20 year olds were being raised by their father who's worth 1.5 billion dollars living in a me. Barrington Hills home stop it and of course well, yeah their lawsuit was tossed out of court oh absolutely as it should have been that is crazy these wealthy wealthy children are suing their mom because they weren't given what they thought they should have deserved a care package and a homecoming dress my southern black grandma would have took care of that real quick <laughs> just saying <laughs> Ethel, Ethel to the rescue on that one. I tell you what, you know, it's so true. You see these crazy scandals about entitlement. You know, the one I'm reminded of, and it happened somewhat in, you know, recently, and remember admission gate. And it was yeah. when multiple celebrities, you know, were charged. And I believe it was actually more than 50 people, if I, if memory serves me right, were charged with participating in the college admission scandal. And it was a scheme involving bribery, money laundering, and all these parents paid approximately a collective 20 million to bribe wow. universities on behalf of their children's acceptance and admissions. And, you know, even one of the actresses actually did her 14 days serving at a federal correction center, which was only 10 minutes from our house. Shout out to the Dublin correction facilities. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of this thought. Some people are born on third base and think they hit a triple. Ooh. They don't realize that it wasn't them that got themselves there. Mm. 
And speaking of, of baseball metaphors, the San Francisco Giants were once sued for passing out Father's Day gifts to men only. What? Now, Hallmark oh. has made sure of it that no matter who you are, you got a day or a month to celebrate you. Can you imagine suing a professional? Here's another one. A psychic was awarded close to $1 million. So she won this when a doctor's CAT scan impaired her psychic abilities. And my response to that, she should have saw it coming. <laughs> That's hilarious and very witty. I love that. You know, entitlement can leave you constantly feeling angry, resentful, or frustrated by others because if you actually believe that someone owes you something and that person doesn't come through, do you feel like you've been ripped off and cheated out of what you rightly deserve? You're always going to be living in a place of frustration and not in peace. Keep it 100. We have our new segment that we introduced last week called the 100% segment or like we love to do in modern culture. We have a nickname for it. We call it the Hundo P segment. So our discussion topic for this episode is what do you think contributes to our ingratitude and entitlement as a culture? Well, you know, what's interesting about this, my mind and the way I'm wired is I a lot of times look historically of how trends have been created in order to understand modern day society, modern day culture. And one thing I learned was after World War II, the United States experienced an unprecedented economic growth and the baby boomers became the largest population at that time and they experienced the highest consumer market because the baby boomers were the largest population and they on average were making more money than the average income than past generations they begin this consumerism of the best cars the nicer house everything began to go up a level with the baby boomer generation where it was always kind of that keeping up with the joneses that high consumerism that high high buying less saving and you barely begin to see See that trend be passed on from the boomer generation and all. And so when that's passed on to their kids, they begin to call that the American dream. And so that sense of entitlement has been peddled very profitably by advertisers all over our society, really in every sphere of our society. And it's created an expectation that the standard of living would always be better than your parents. But here's what's crazy. For the first time in history, the millennial generation not exceeding the livelihood or income that their parents have lived at, the millennials are not living at a better place. And historically, the generations have followed have always had a better income than the previous generations. So we're seeing a, now a downtrend of that. But one of the initial trends historically was the baby boomers. And that's really affected current modern day culture of the American dream is high materialism, high spending. You know, you said something really that, that triggered me. And you just said, hey, the parents pass something on to their kids. And so as yeah. much as it's easy to point at the emerging generation and talk about they're entitled, they're this, they're that. I don't know that the blame should be placed as as much on just one generation. When you look yeah. at it, you have to admit parents have contributed to this. Sure. I think about when I was growing up, boo, and my grandmother would make vegetables I didn't like, like lima beans, <laughs> right. very Southern, black eyed peas. Right, right, right. And I didn't want to eat it, but my grandmother would make me eat it. I could not leave the table. If she, in fact she had made a dessert, I wasn't going to have the dessert. And there was no throwing a fit and having my way. Right. It's like you eat this or you don't eat. Right. Right. And my grandma would take a step beyond that. You're going to eat it no matter what because you need your vegetables. But I think about there's come on the scene a generation that moms or dads cooked the kids' meals. The kids didn't like it. So the kids threw a tantrum and forced their parents to make them something else. Or maybe I should say their parents capitulated 
and made them something else. And then these same kids, they were getting cell phones, nice cell phones before they even got to junior high. And then when they got to junior high, they had to get the $175 sneakers because everyone else had it. And then I was reading this one article that said participation trophies. And I thought about participation trophies. It's like the one kid is overplaying with caterpillars, doesn't really want to be on the team. Uh, He didn't even really want to play the sport. And he got the same trophy as a kid that made every practice, played hard and did everything. And this one article was calling, and it was by behavioral experts, was calling in the question. And they said, participation trophies are a false representation of how life works. And so all of a sudden, maybe you think you're supposed to get the trophy but you haven't worked to get the trophy. Right. And then as you grow up, you never lose that. And then you combine that with the presence of victimhood culture where we've turned a grievance into a fad. If you've been hurt and you've been wounded, you have a platform, uh, you become an authority, everybody hears you, and you may not even have a solution. You just have a problem. And and I think about even in the church, people are saying, Lord, I followed you for 17 years and I'm still believing for a mate. How can you allow that person <laughs> hasn't even been saved two years to already be getting married? Right. And it's almost a merit thing. But what happens is many people walk away from the Lord because God didn't give them what they wanted when they wanted. So they said God didn't work for them. But Mm. for many, the reason why God didn't work is because he was never made Lord of their lives. And what happens in that point is that God was just a means to get what they felt entitled to. And if God's just a means to get you what you think you're entitled to, he's not your God. He's a genie to you and you need to make him Lord. You know, and something else to really break entitlement, because you just hit something so key. It's like if someone doesn't get what they want, they're automatically like, oh my gosh, God doesn't work for me. I'm going to do my own thing. But I really believe in the timing of God. The timing of the Lord will break that entitlement. Because when you trust God, you have to surrender. And surrender breaks entitlement because you're recognizing his ways are not your ways. His ways are higher. Surrender breaks entitlement. And when we live from a place of entitlement, we're not surrendering, right? And so that's so important for us to understand when you have that attitude toward God of it's not this way and you kind of feel that adult tantrum coming on and we've all gone there, you know, some of us less than others, like probably my husband's never had one because he's like so, so kind. I, on the other hand, have probably definitely at times been like, God, why? You know, but I think what's so important in that process is understanding I have, that's one thing I've learned in my life is the timing of God, which is so, so, so important in the trusting of seeing God's plans and purposes in your life. So when things don't go in the way you you want or hope or even prayed for, you know, in the end, God's going to work it out. I think that's important, you know, for our listeners to really grab a hold of today. You know, researchers have also proven uh, what most parents really knew instinctively that gratitude doesn't come naturally to people Facts. and especially kids. They did a study, which I thought was really cool, that children spontaneously say hi 27% of the time, goodbye 25% of the time, and thanks only 7% of the time. Wow. So, you know, the really the conclusion from that research research is children had a much more difficult time learning how to say thank you. And I think that's a really telling trait of humans. It's of the human race. We are quick to say hello, goodbye, but not so much thank you. That gratitude is a learned trait and it's not just a learned trait. It has to be a learned lifestyle. With that being said, we want to jump into an incredible conversation with Yolanda Stith. We love this woman. She is a lead pastor of All Nations Worship Assembly in Baltimore, Maryland. She She has authored multiple books and she is a mover, shaker in the kingdom of God. This woman is a woman of wisdom. She has transformed so many lives, including Sean and I's. We can't wait for you to enjoy this conversation with Apostle Yolanda. (laughs) 
Amazing. Come on, Yolanda, one of my favorite, favorite, favorite people. And to have this woman's voice on our podcast is truly an honor. When Sean and I were talking about who do we want to have contribute to the gratitude conversation, Yolanda was like our pick number one. So I was like, I'm going to send her a message and see if I can get her on. And she said, yes. So Yolanda, welcome. Thank you so much for inviting me on your podcast. Yes, yes. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite topics. So thank you Right. Well, you know, the reason is you carry it and you really embody gratitude. And we've seen that in you in our time we've shared together and just being able to partner with you and so much that God's put in you. But I have some questions for you. Is it okay if I just dive in? Yes. All right. Awesome. So, you know, we're talking about gratitude and the power of gratitude and why it's so significant for people's life. And in such a tricky year, like we've been in in 2020, I think gratitude for many of us has been a little more scarce or something you've had to be a lot more intentional about, right? Yes. So for you in 2020, what is the thing that you're most grateful for excluding God and your family? I think the thing that I'm most grateful for is health and strength. I've seen so many people impacted by this year, all that's been going on. And I've counseled so many people that are on the brink of mental breakdowns and different things. It is so true. The body of Christ included. And so I've just every day felt such a sense of gratitude about Mm -hmm. God just keeping our mind, right? Um, We're blessed to have our mind kept in just in the perfect peace of God. Yes. And, and I've been through things. I've gone through so many different trials this year, but I've my saving grace has been the power of Thanksgiving. And so that's Come what on. I'm grateful for. Yeah. Ooh, that is so, that's so good. You know, it's so true. And I think, would you agree that when we really practice gratitude, it shifts obviously your mind, right? Because what your mouth declares, it shifts your internal atmosphere. You're you're so right. I've been in moments where um, one specific attack um, hit our family. And I remember just consistently, like for three days, thinking about it. And I was sinking. And all of a sudden, I felt the Holy Spirit just overshadow me. And he said, I want you to begin to give thanks. And I began to give thanks from the depths of my soul. And when I tell you, it shifted everything about how I felt even about the situation. And I just began to thank God that it could have been worse, but we overcame. And Come so on. my peace was found in Thanksgiving. Mm, that is so good. Having counseled so many people, fighting the brink of just kind of that breakdown. Uh, so many people have been attacked mentally, like what you're saying. You've walked your own battles this year. I've walked my own battles. I think we can all agree. You know, it's been a challenge. What has been kind of your counsel for people in the area of what they can be grateful for during this time? I think my counsel, number one, is reflecting just on the goodness of God because God, he's never changing. That's so good. He's not predictable, but he is still the same. And that's one of the Mm, things we have to do. Yeah, I felt that um, very strongly when I was thinking about this question. He is still the same, and I, you know, I remember reflecting mm-hmm. on just the sameness of God. He's not predictable, but he is consistent, and we see this all mm-hmm. throughout the Scripture, where the end result is we overcome. We overcome mm-hmm. because of the testimonies of the saints, because of the blood. We overcome because 
God has a consistent track record with his people of bringing us through. He has already given us the victory. Come he on. Already, we know the end result of everything and it's going to be victory. And so I think Thanksgiving is directly connected with peace and remembering that God is still in charge is a saving mm. grace. Yeah. Woo, that is a profound statement you just said. I'm like, I want you to preach that one day that, you know, he is the same, but he's unpredictable. You yes. know, he can surprise you at any moment. He can change things in a moment. I always wake up every day, Yolanda, with that hope uh, for the things I'm believing for, right? For those breakthrough, like God, at any time, today could be the day, you yes. know? And I just have that, that, you know, it's like, he is the same. He is the God of breakthrough. He's Bel Perizim, the Lord who sees me. Yes. And yet he's unpredictable in a great way. Cause in any moment it can turn. And yet I can rely on his faithfulness and his goodness. Well, we know what Philippians says, Philippians four and six right? says, do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation by mm. prayer and petition with Thanksgiving. Yeah, come on. Present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends mm -hmm. all understanding. And so the peace of this peace that's connected to this uh, Thanksgiving, it transcends all understanding. And so that means that even when our breakthrough doesn't come, we know that he is right on the brink of doing it for us. And so we can hold on to the fact that he is the God of breakthrough. Yes. You, I know y'all can't see, see Yolanda and I, but right now I'm like cheering her on. I'm, I put my hand in the air and I gave her a praise on that because that's so good. That's so good. I love that. You know, in our culture, there's so many things that mitigate against being grateful, but what do you feel like those top things are that really fight against being grateful? Being, really having a culture, because it's a culture, it's a lifestyle of gratitude. It's not a one-time moment. Uh, what, are, what do you think that looks like for our culture today? I think two key things are self-centeredness and entitlement. Mm, hit that. Break that down. Self-centeredness and entitlement. We live in a world that tells us to create your own lane, do it your own self, just make it happen. And it takes our reliance off of God and it puts it on ourselves. And Ooh. so we think that we are our own God or we made it our own way, done it within our own strength. It totally removes God from the picture. And so when we've been, when we've been taught to be creators of our own lane, and not wait for God to open the door. It's a do-it-yourself type of culture. Sometimes we can create that very self-centered um, attitude, which totally takes us from the reliance upon God. And when we learn to rely upon God, it brings us into the sense of thanksgiving. And so in our culture, I especially, well, I won't say what, what generation I've seen this in the most, but in-, in <laughs> <laughs> Well, that will go on smoking right now. But yeah. I might have a feeling what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like people, you know, it's, I'm just yeah. so- engrossed in my own pain and so engrossed in my own thing and what's not happening for me that I forget that God is still worthy of the praise. Come on, that we base our ability to praise and worship based on how we feel. Yes. And nothing could be further from the truth, right? Yes. Because yes. if I relied on how I felt to praise God, uh, there would be some days that there wouldn't be some praising, but it's when I haven't felt like it, when I've leaned into it, that's what's actually shifted me to come into alignment with him. And then when I come into alignment with him, it's like my perspective, my eyes get off myself. Right. Yes. And I think so many times our eyes have to get off ourselves in order to worship. 
right? Yeah. Yes. It's called the sacrifice of praise. Ooh, come on. Giving God the sacrifice of praise. It's beyond how we feel. Mm. He deserves it because he's God. And I think that sometimes we forget that he is the creator of the universe and that we were created to do this very thing. Uh, yes, life, circumstances, pain, and everything has a way of being able to, or having the power to smother that. But it takes the sacrifice, which is mm. just like you said, when we remove ourselves from this situation and remember that he is God. Ooh, that that's so profound and deep. If, if one of our listeners grabs a hold of that today, that there at times is a sacrifice of praise. And yet the breakthrough that happens as we praise and we position ourselves in gratitude, it shifts everything. You know, I, I really believe that there are realms that get opened up to us in the heavens with mm-hmm. gratitude. For you, what in what ways have you seen that, observed that in your life and other people's lives that when gratitude's expressed, it opens up the realms of heaven. Yeah. A few months ago, I ministered from a title called Into His Gates. And mm. that was a revelatory series about the heavens opening up when we praise, right? And so we read what Psalms 100 um, verses four through five, it gives us the revelation about entering into the gates or the, or the portal of glory through thanksgiving. And so it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and towards courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Thanksgiving Mm. is the key that will unlock the doors of God's blessing in our life. It will unlock the doors of great breakthrough. We enter into this realm of thanksgiving. It gets the attention of heaven, but it also gets the attention of hell. And it is actually warfare when you learn to thanksgive, to, to Um, give the offering of thanksgiving in the midst of hell and circumstances. We see this in the book of Acts and slow me down if you want to, but we see this. This is is awesome. Go. (laughs) We see this in the book of Acts where Paul and Silas and they pray and the Bible says that they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard Mm. them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And then what happened? God released an angel. There was angelic assistance that was released as a result of Paul and Silas's praise. They were in a circumstance that they could not get out on their own. But when they learned to praise him and give thanksgiving, offer thanksgiving to God in the midst of their circumstances, great breakthrough happened. Heaven Mm. responded. And all that witnessed were astounded because God came through. And I honestly feel like that's a word for us right now. Because I feel like we've been in a situation, we've been in these situations all throughout this year and we've needed God to come through in my own life. I needed God to come through for me. I have been under pressure and I knew because there was another place that God was going to open up for me. And nevertheless, it was still pressure. And I knew that I needed God to intervene. And so in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of what appeared to be bondage, I had to give God the praise and offer up songs and offer up gratitude Mm. because it could have been worse. Great is his faithfulness toward me because he came through, right? Since he came for us all sitting here, we're conversing. Our, my family has their health, their strength. We're all strong. You know, we've not lacked one thing because God is Right. 
Yes. Right? Okay, come on. I mean, I think you just preached and we all literally just had an encounter. I tell you what, because that just came out of you because of who you are and what you carry. And you have battled, I can tell, right? You know, yes. you, when you hear in someone's, it, when you hear someone's story, when you hear someone's testimony and they, they walk in an authority, it's often because they battled for the breakthrough in that area. It's like, I hear the gratitude come out of you. I hear the praise and the worship, the sacrifice of those things come out of your life. But you you know, it's like for, for you and I, for our listeners today, it's like, let, hear what, what Apostle Yolanda just released over you. And that is when we praise and we worship, it not only breaks the chains of the enemy, the yeah. chains of captivity, but it also sets those free around us. Because what I love in Acts 16 is every prison door opened, yes. not just Paul and Silas's, but every prison door. Ooh. I mean, every prison door. It's like we change atmospheres, not only for ourselves, but literally everyone that we come in contact with. You know, you're coming into your workplace, your family, your friends, whomever, your grocery store, your Starbucks, whatever. It's like when we walk into an atmosphere and we release the praise of the Lord, we literally shake the foundations of what the enemy thought he had set. We shift the foundations and there is an openness of the heavenly realm. And I love what you brought out and you highlighted that the angels were released, right? The ministering angels were dispersed when the praise of heaven was released. And I believe some people, as you release your praise, the angels are getting dispatched. I believe in the angels of the Lord being sent to come alongside us and minister and to be activated, right? And so I believe there's an activation of the angelic realm that happens in our praise. And so, you know, I believe there's some people that are listening right now in your home or in your car, your workplace, and you just need to start thanking God, like Londa reminded us, you know, be reminded of what God has done. He might be unpredictable, but he's exactly the same. Come on. Yeah. I tell you what, Apostle Yolanda, you are a woman of wisdom and revelation. I know we're just getting a small piece of the well that is within you today, but I know from this conversation, there's so many of our listeners are going to be like, I want more of this woman. She's incredible. Cause that's exactly how I felt the first time I met you. I was like, I want to be this woman's friend. I pray she wants to be my friend. Cause I just love who you are and what you carry. So uh, how can people get in touch with you? Tell us about your ministry. You've you've authored an incredible book. You have a podcast as well. I'd love for people to be able to connect with you. I just want to say thank you. And you are my friend. You are so oh. beautiful. And I honor you. I honor Sean. Thank you so much for having you. me. Well, my yeah. podcast is Junius Table Live with Yolanda Stiff. You may find that on any of our podcast outlets. And uh, my website is www.yolandastiff.com. Com. You'll see all resources there. Finally, I have two books, one newly released called JL's Tent. And if you are a woman that has been born for the front line, Woo. I want you to get that book. Thank you. All women need to get that book. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much. I tell you what, thanks so much for coming and having this conversation with us. And you are such an empowerment to the body of Christ. Keep doing what you're doing. And I know you've been fighting on the front lines, but no, Sean and I love you. We support you. Can't wait to continue to partner with you. Thank you so much.
Yo, that was so powerful. Wasn't Yolanda, man, she just came comes from such a deep place. I love how authentic, how real she is. You could tell she has lived that. There is traction to the things that she's right. saying. And not to continually hit our theme, but man, Keep It 100, she kept it 100 in that interview. She really did. As always, Keep It 100 Tribe, we want to give you the Keep It 100 takeaways. In this episode, we're focusing on gratitude. First takeaway that we want to give you is gratitude is where you begin to experience God in a powerfully personal way. I think that's so important because many people that don't understand that you come into God's presence with thanksgiving in your heart, they never get to enter into a deeper place of God's presence because they've never learned gratitude. If you want an encounter with God, begin to express thanksgiving and praise. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. And that reminds me of one of our core values, and it really comes from from the story in the Gospels where Jesus healed 10 lepers. And leprosy was, of course, uh, at that time, an incurable disease apart from Jesus healing you, God healing you. Uh, you would die of that. It's far more contagious than any other disease in, in the history of mankind. And Jesus walked upon walked up upon a leper colony of 10 lepers. And he said, hey, go show yourself to priests. So they began to walk away. And the narrative of the passage would, would indicate that they were healed as they went. So I love what you said earlier. It's a process of time. We want it now, but maybe there's a process. That's right. When they discovered they were healed, it's the funniest thing happened. Only one out of the 10 lepers turned, returned to Jesus to say thanks. When Jesus saw him, he says, was there, was there not 10 uh, lepers that were healed? Where, where are they? And the one leper, of course, couldn't answer for the rest of them. But the interesting part of the passage is nine of the lepers were Jewish like Jesus was Jewish. And obviously he saw him as a rabbi. So maybe they felt a bit entitled that, hey, we're Jewish. And the one leper that did return to say thanks was Samaritan. So he probably felt unworthy. So he said, thanks. And so my core value is that I always think about the one leper. I want to mm. be the one leper return to Jesus says, thank you. And if you could thank Jesus, you can connect with Jesus. And from that, at that point, you move from the cuts to the condo of intimacy, which is my way of saying you move from the outer courts to the inner courts. I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. And gratitude creates an opportunity for further blessing because that one leper not only got healed, Jesus basically used the word sozo, which really meant that he was delivered, he was redeemed, he entered into covenant. All that happened to the Samaritan leper because he returned to say thank you. You know, another takeaway about gratitude is gratitude defies Satan's lies. The enemy always wants to distort who God is, but gratitude always reminds you actually of who God is. And you know, when the devil's whispering that God's withholding something good from you, he's not going to come through, he begins to distort the character of God. What does gratitude do? It puts it back in perspective. It reminds you of who our God is. It makes God big come on. and the obstacles the battle small. When I need to be reminded of who God God is in the midst of obstacle or obstacles that I'm facing against the things that are coming against me, I begin to worship and I begin to praise him, which is a posture of gratitude. And it's the posture of gratitude that shifts me from anxiety to peace. And it also teaches us to discipline our thoughts because, you know, the word talks about taking thoughts captive. This is how I take thoughts captive. This is how our listeners can take thoughts captive is when you're in a place of gratitude, it, it forces you to meditate and be reminded of the memorials of when God has answered your prayer, when he's come through, who he is, what 
what he has done in the past. And it puts it back in perspective that God is going to come through because he's true to his word and he cannot deny himself or his word or his promises. And when we're in from a place of gratitude, it reduces anxiety, which I love that because so many people struggle with anxiety. You want to break anxiety in your life. It increases the gratitude in your life. Yep. And gratitude also erodes envy and comparison, which wow. is so important Yes, it is. in a social media world where we are so looking at the highlight reel of people's life. Mm-hmm. And we can often compare one another, like they have this, they have that. And you know, we, we've all been there and done that, but the way you break it is number one, just sometimes put away your social media. And then number two, go into a place of thanking the Lord for what he's done in your life. And when you begin to see the faithfulness and the goodness of God in your own personal life, it makes you stop comparing what other people have and whatever everyone else has is better than what you have. No, no, no. God has blessed you in your life. And having that practice of gratitude is so important to break envy and comparison. You know, a truly grateful person learns how to train their thinking to jump to gratitude instead of grumbling. You can actually change your default setting in your life from grumbling to gratitude. That's so good. When gratitude becomes a normal daily practice, because it's not a moment, it's actually a lifestyle. And you know, really, I'll end with this and I want to jump to the last takeaway. Gratitude gives us an eternal purpose. It sets our eyes on who God is and who our Lord is. And what better is that than to be daily reminded of the goodness and the bigness of our God? You know, last takeaway with about gratitude is gratitude, and this is one of my favorites, attracts the miraculous. It keeps us continually aware that the Lord is close by and our dependence upon him alone. And I love this because gratitude focuses our attention on him rather than our circumstances, you know, and John eleven forty four talks about how Jesus gave thanks before raising Lazarus from the dead. I love that. That is so right? great. Before the miracle took place, Jesus thanked the father, which again, I said this pre earlier that gratitude is an expression of praise. It's an express expression of worship. And that is a place, an atmosphere that hosts the miraculous. And what I love is the angel angels are dispatched in our praise and in our worship. And what I love is the spirit of God came and raised Lazarus from the dead as Jesus gave thanks to the father. And as you and I give thanks in situations that seem dead and need resurrection, just like Jesus, we can see things resurrected when we give thanks to the father. Gratitude hosts the miraculous. It invites the miraculous into our situations. And lastly, in John 6, 11, we also see Jesus giving thanks again before the miracle of multiplying the fish and the loaves. I just want to reiterate that point. You need a miracle in your life. You need breakthrough in your life. I I challenge you to begin to worship, to praise and make declarations of gratitude of what God has done in your life. And I tell you what, there's going to be an unleashing and an unlocking of the miraculous realm because of the multiplication, the miracle power, miracle working power of God in our lives, I believe is partnered with the declaration of our mouths and our hearts. For those of you that are listening, you have a challenge before you to be like that one leper, that your life is continually returning back to Jesus to say thank you. That you may live in a world of entitlement, but the world of entitlement doesn't have to live in you. And this crucial component of gratitude is so pivotal and foundational to your life that if you allow this to really sink deep inside of you, I believe that could truly revolutionize your life from this point on. 
Keep It 100 Tribe, we just want to thank you so much for tuning in again with us this week. We want to ask you to make sure and subscribe so you're alerted as soon as new episodes drop and they come out every Tuesday. Thanks for rating us, reviewing us, and referring us. We do not have paid advertisement for this, so the way that this podcast and the word of the podcast gets out is that you share that word. You put it on your social media, you tag it, you refer it, you do a little Insta story and we have seen it and we will always repost it and we're so grateful that you guys have done it. Also, you can check us out at seanandkristasmith.com. You can find us on Facebook at Sean and Krista Smith Ministries and we'd love to hear how this podcast has impacted you and if you reach out to us, we will definitely reach back to you. And keep it 100 Tribe. Next week, you're definitely gonna wanna tune in while we have a new episode with incredible prophetic voice of Cindy Jacob we love this woman. We're going to be talking about the important topic of 21st century's Deborah and Esther's because we're in the hour where God is raising up women and you do not want to miss this. And men, no. don't check out because this applies to you too. As always, remember that relief may change your circumstances, but a revelation will change you. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Keep It 100 podcast with Sean and Krista Smith. Keep up with us on Facebook and Instagram at seanandkristasmith.com where you can discover more resources. If this podcast has impacted you, please subscribe and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Keep it